So, um, you know, I this time of year, I always like to, um, one good thing to do, of course, is if you have a water pump, like well water, it's always good to make sure that those are protected, kind of wrapped up, uh, you know, you know, the folks who own wells generally will take the time to know what to do to keep them warm and prevent pipes from freezing. But tonight will be one of those nights where you need to do what you need to do to keep them from freezing. Otherwise, I just like to drain the water from my outdoor, uh, from the hose and the hose spigots outdoors and shut, shut, shut that water source off. Uh, now, it's not going to get down that cold where it would, you know, risk uh, bursting those pipes. But you know what? It's never a bad idea just to kind of get into the habit. Nevertheless, we're going to be in the low 20 or uh, mid 20s, the upper 20s tonight. Um, and then, of course, uh, tomorrow we'll have sunshine, wall-to-wall sunshine. So we should see temperatures rebound to the mid-50s. And, uh, you know, Thursday night, tomorrow night, we're going to see some clouds coming in ahead of the next weather system. So anytime the clouds come in, that acts like a blanket to keep things warm for overnight temperatures. So we'll see temperatures only drop into around 40 tomorrow night for lows. And then with that front coming through, uh, it looks like it's going to blow through here late in the day Friday, maybe er- into early Saturday. So look for some rain, um, perhaps as early as uh, Friday afternoon, but more likely Friday night. So, um, you know, rain will come in Friday night. It should wrap up pretty early in the day Saturday. So if you have plans or you're going to be out and about on Saturday, uh, sh- the rain should be over by, uh, by afternoon. It's going to be kind of breezy. You might remember, uh, remember the front came through a couple days ago and how breezy it was? Yeah. Um, it's going to it's gonna be like that again um, uh, this Saturday. So watch out for, you know, things kind of blowing around, if you will. Not not enough to really damage anything, but, but just kind of uh, just kind of breezy. And, and, uh, and then behind that, you know, we're in this time of year where every time a cold front blows through, we get back into a chillier weather pattern. So, uh, so we're going to see nighttime lows uh, dropping back down to or below freezing once we get to Saturday night into Sunday. The weekend's going to be, you know, a little chilly for latter in the weekend. Sunday, you know, high only around 50. And then, um, so that that's the way things are uh, uh, shaping up. Now, I will point out that, you know, it looks like this cold, cold snap for early next week um, will be, uh, eh, won't, won't be sticking around forever. Um, you know, it's, it's going to come and go. These cold snaps have been fairly transient. They, they come in behind a front. They stick around for a day or two. And then they're on their way uh, to, uh, to on their way, and before the next one comes. But it looks like we might get into a break of uh, of these cold fronts uh, for basically the middle of December. It's possible that we might see, you know, sometime between. Um, I'm thinking that sometime around the 10th of December through maybe around the 13th or so, we might see temperatures uh, try to get a little bit above normal. So, well, we might. Um, we might come back in a moment and take a look at the long-range prediction that the National Weather Service has put out and maybe some other people. But if I can stop you for a second, let's turn our heads around and look back. I was listening to some, uh, I think it may have been a foreign weather service, weather program, a shortwave or something like that today, but they had uh, a report, and it was from some guy at the, 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 the climate thing, you know, the... the where they're trying to get a get a grip on global warming, whatever, and I'm we're not going to put you in that trap. But they did say that uh, 2020 is on online to be the third warmest year since they started keeping records, and so uh, uh, 
And along with that, I'm, I'm just going to ask you for your observations on this. The hurricane season, which officially ended yesterday, uh, that's one of the things that happens around December 1st, along with the beginning of meteorological winter. Uh, the, the, uh, the hurricane season, as we all know, worked out the way they predicted. A lot of hurricanes, a lot of named hurricanes. But as I was telling Mrs. Kearney at supper tonight, really North Carolina escaped uh, pretty well from, from really anything bad. Yeah, we got lucky all in all, I'd have to say. Um, you know, certainly, um, you know, it was a busy, busy uh, season. Uh, in terms of, you know, the number of storms, it was a record high year for the total number of storms, uh, tropical storms, which we had 30. Um, and, of course, uh, we, of those uh, tropical storms, um, 13 became hurricanes and, and 6 became major hurricanes. So it, it was indeed a busy, busy year. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking at a map right now of all the hurricane tracks of 2020. And one thing jumped out at me is that the Gulf of Mexico really, really was the, was the busy, busy uh, sort of ground zero, if you will, for tropical storm and hurricane tracking. I think there was like five hurricanes that made landfall in the state of Louisiana. I mean, that's just uh, unbelievable. But that, that's kind of the year it's been. You know, we, we were on the sort of the tail end of some of those systems. So all in all, we lucked out pretty well. And uh, and any observations on the 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 warmth, uh, you know, the, the average temperature? Uh, I'm just you know a, an observation based on my own feeling, and you know, I haven't kept records, but it does seem like we've had a little bit of a little bit of a roller coaster effect. You know, some cool fronts coming through and then moving on, but mostly it's been kind of moderate uh, throughout the whole year. Yeah, and you know what? The, the it's been a real humid and very moist year. So a lot of uh, the contributions to the record warmth don't necessarily come in the form of daytime highs, but it comes in the form of nighttime lows. Ah. And um, there's been just an amazing amount of water vapor uh, in the in the atmosphere and uh, of of late. And um, when, when you have that kind of situation, when it's very moist atmosphere and a lot of water vapor in the air, um, you tend to get more clouds. And with more clouds you know, the clouds act like a blanket and keep the overnight lows right. from dropping terribly low. So a big contribution to the warmth is is not so much for daytime highs, although we did have a couple really, um, we had a couple stretches in the past summer of, of, of pretty hot weather, but most of the heat came in the form of uh, very warm nighttime lows. And I don't think it ever did, uh, uh, we never did get a run of, uh, high 90s or over 100. Uh, well, anyway, let's take a break. We need to take a break. I'm watching my clock here. I have to be more comfortable with it. And when we come back, let's talk about uh, the long range for just a couple of moments, the long range predictions for the coming winter, you know, uh, uh, December, January, and February that I think they were they were released from Noah about October 23rd or something like that. Uh, and uh, then get into one of the major reasons we wanted you to come uh, now because next week is Winter Weather Preparedness Week, and that's one of the things that's right in your bag, in your wheelhouse, so to speak, and, and we will let you do your thing along those lines and tell us what you, you will be emphasizing next week and to all people to prepare for the winter. Nick Petro, see, I knew, knew the, your name. Nick Petro is a 
our guest tonight. He's with the National Weather Service at the Centennial Campus of NC State University, a regular guest on our show because we love to talk about the weather. Our guest tonight is Nick Petro of the National Weather Service. And uh, Nick, uh, they've uh, taken to, rather like they do, a prediction for the hurricane season to having a long-range prediction, admitting, of course, uh, uh, that uh, the further you get away from the prediction, the more more variability you have, but of what the winter may look like. And uh, I thought I'd ask you about that uh, at this particular point. Yeah, Tom. Uh, so, so it looks like um, things are shaping up uh, to, to uh, well, at least the outlook anyway. NOAA issued its uh, seasonal outlook back in mid-October, and that outlook called for odds that favor above-normal temperatures and below normal precipitation. Now, so that's kind of the bottom line up front. Uh, uh, generally, the, the weather pattern that looks uh, like, you know, it's setting up for the winter would suggest that we'll tend to stay warm and stay dry. Now, you know, this is this is all driven by, uh, or at least the prediction anyway. Can I, driven may, by, I, may I interject one thing? Yeah. That's for our part of the country. Now, the, I, I remember, uh, tell me if I'm wrong, the northern half was going to be sort of the, the flip side of that. It was going to be wetter and colder. Yeah, so exactly. So, like, the northern plains and the northwest uh, portion of the country looks like uh, it would be colder than normal, whereas, yeah, the southern tier of the U.S., basically all the way from southern California over to, to Texas, over to, to the southeast U.S., including the Carolinas, uh, looks like it's going to uh, favor above normal precip- uh, temperatures, above normal temperatures. While uh, that same area from from Southern California to Texas over to the Carolinas looks like it's going to be drier, uh, drier than normal. While places from the Great Lakes over to the Northern Plains, Northern Rockies, look like it's going to be wetter and probably snowier than normal. Now, you know, that's a long range prediction for the whole season. You know, that, that's kind of like, I always tell people, you know, when we come, when we come to April, like let's say, you know, four, four, four months from now, you know, it's April or five, well, I guess five months from now, it's April. And, and when we look back and say, okay, how was this winter? Uh, most people will probably think, um, you know, on average, it was probably warmer and drier than normal. But, but that doesn't mean that there can't be episodes, uh, small episodes probably, where it's something else. So that something else might be, you know, colder, colder than normal, or, or perhaps, you know, uh, you know, bouts of precipitation. So, you know, I don't want people to just kind of blow off uh, preparedness for this winter because I just said it was going to be warmer and drier because you know what, these, these cold air outbreaks and winter storms, they depend on weather features that are only predictable on time spans of a week or two. So, and and I'll, I'll point out that, um, you know, the, one of the driving factors of, of the forecast, seasonal forecast I just mentioned, is, is the uh, below normal uh, temper- sea surface temperatures out in the Pacific. Uh, otherwise, we call it uh, La Nina and, and the equatorial Pacific below normal temperatures. But let me tell you, the last time, well, not the last time, I'm sorry, but, but uh, you might remember in, in January of 2000, um, when we had the biggest snowstorm on record in, in the Triangle area, um, that happened during a La Nina winter that was supposed to be warm and dry. So, 
So, uh, you know, just because uh, the prediction that I just gave for a warm and dry winter is, is NOAA's official forecast doesn't mean that, you know, something could hit us kind of out of the blue, so to speak. Uh, sure. we, we need to prepare for this winter like it's going to be a bad one regardless. Yeah, we're right. There's going to be, there might be just one weekend. It might snow just one time, or we might have a, an ice storm, for instance, like the one that caused the gridlock in Raleigh. Uh, out of a whole season that would be relatively mild, but there can be that time when the temperature drops down to, to plus four or minus two or something like that. And uh, uh, and uh, I want to remark that that time you were talking about in the year 2000 was, was in January, and I remember I, I kept getting up all night about every hour to see if it was still snowing. And you know what? It was. And it ended up <laughs> yeah. at about 21 inches, I think, in, in a 24-hour yeah. period. And uh, that was, uh, I think that's the record, sort of the modern record. I think back in the 20s, it, it snowed a little more than that sometime. But uh, the, uh, we, get your, we get your point is that while uh, the general uh, view of the weather will be warm, there will be moments when, uh, when it will be cold. Absolutely, yeah. And, and you know, that, like I said, that, that January 2000 snowstorm occurred during a La Nina winter. So, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, that we're going to get – you know, get a big snowstorm like that this year. But, yeah, we, we always need to be prepared. And, and you know, um, I know we're going to talk about winter preparedness, and it's very timely because, you know, regardless of the seasonal outlook, we need to always prepare for the winter season for that one storm. You know, you know when, we, when we, we mentioned, you know, I mentioned that when, we, when the winter's over this uh, upcoming spring, we look back, you know, most of it will probably have been warm and dry. But, you know, all it takes is one really bad, winter weather event for people to really remember it you know what i mean like that's the one there could only be one storm but if it's a bad one that's all people will remember they'll totally forget the fact that the rest of the winter was warm and dry yeah well a couple of years after this storm you're mentioning i think 2002 was when we had a a really bad ice storm and as somebody described it at the time of as fran with with ice uh, uh, because the power was gone for a week uh, I, we there were lots of trees down and things like that and I, I can remember that uh, well it, it was a, it was like like uh, whoever the, it was that said Fran with with ice and so on so you can have those that coming out of nowhere it's time for us to check the news now we'll be back next week is winter weather preparedness week and uh, one of the people that helps us understand what that's all about is Nick Petro, who is our guest tonight. Uh, in fact, I think that is one of his special responsibilities in addition to being a forecaster at the local branch of the National Weather Service. So, Nick, tell us what you're going to be doing or what the, the media and all the connections will be doing next week and give us a, uh, a rundown on preparedness for severe winter weather. Yeah, well, so uh, we, you know, we every week, or not every week, every year, rather, um, and in early December, we uh, take a week out of the month to raise awareness about how people can prepare for the upcoming winter season. And uh, this year, Winter Weather Preparedness Week for North Carolina is the week of December 6th through the 12th. So basically, uh, this upcoming Sunday through the following Saturday. And, uh, you know, basically we put out, every day we put out uh, messages, uh, daily statements that are educational, very informative, 
and, and just quite frankly, we try to, you know, raise awareness about uh, winter weather preparedness and what people can do to get ready to stay safe. You know, you know, winter, winter weather and, and, you know, bad winter storms can often uh, wreak havoc, but, you know, there's no reason that people should, you know, suffer through that or get injured if they know what to do. So if you, if you know how to react uh, when, when uh, these winter storms come, and, and more importantly, how to prepare, um, then there's really, um, we should all be able to get through whatever winter throws at us uh, very safe in, in a very safe manner. So uh, every day we have a specific topic that we like to focus on, and we'll be disseminating uh, this information in a variety of ways, um, including uh, information uh, that will be aired on No Weather Radio. Uh, we will be emailing uh, out daily statements to all of our media partners, and we hope that uh, our media partners can convey and relay this information to their uh, listeners and viewers. Um, we'll also, uh, we have a, a pretty robust social media uh, uh, effort to, to get this uh, information out. But, uh, but that's kind of the gist of uh, Winter Weather Preparedness Week, and again, that's uh, all of next week. Don't you have somebody on your staff now, as you are sort of, I believe, in charge of sort of coordinating the media response to this, don't you have a, a uh, social media person who sort of specializes in tweeting and all the other things? I'm not up with that, but I know it's a very valuable part of our communications effort now. Yeah, absolutely. So... You know, the nice thing about, um, you know, the social media efforts um, is that uh, we can also, in addition to uh, sharing information that's kind of written down, we can also share very nice uh, graphical, uh, you know, um, uh, you know it, we can share this information in an easy-to-digest, easy-to-understand uh, visual way. So uh, the visual education aspect of it is just as important. And and to that to that point, we uh, we take advantage of, of our social media channels. So uh, so folks, if you're interested in in you know uh, following all the information we're putting out about winter weather preparedness, a couple different ways you can get it. You can go to weather.gov/raleigh, um, and uh, and we will be posting on our top news of the day. As soon as you get to weather.gov/raleigh, it'll be right there at the top, so it'll, you can't miss it. We'll be posting our annual or daily, I should say, our daily statements that focus on different topics. I'll, I'll go through those topics here in a minute. But, but also, if you uh, scroll down to the bottom of that page, again, that's weather.gov slash Raleigh, and you scroll down to the bottom of that page, you can get to our Facebook and Twitter feeds. Um, they're both listed there at the bottom. Or if you just want to go directly to at uh, NWS Raleigh, at NWS Raleigh on Twitter, and uh, just look us up on Facebook and follow us, um, at uh, NWS Raleigh. So uh, if you go on Facebook and do a search for NWS, as in National Weather Service, uh, Raleigh, then that'll take you right to our page, and, and you can learn all about and, and receive in real time uh, these graphical, real nice uh, graphics about weather safety, winter weather safety specifically. And I think uh, I, I more or less knew this, about this more by rumor than anything else, but uh, you're getting this from the horse's mouth, so to speak. There's a lot of misinformation that, that is bounced about on the Internet and, and uh, the social media and so on. So it's, uh, it's good to know where your information comes from. Uh, 
Yeah. How how uh, about uh, running through what you might be highlighting each day next week? I know that during the spring and summer you have usually a like a tornado drill on Wednesday or something that everybody is aware of. And of course, everything is a little bit disoriented in terms of schools and, and, and things like that, but still you, you go down those lines where you have drills and things. Yeah. Tom, I'm so glad you mentioned just a moment ago about uh, having trusted sources of information because, you know what, there is so much... Well, while, you know, a moment ago I was uh, you know mentioning how you can get our information on social media channels, uh, one thing that, unfortunately, there's a lot of on social media is misinformation. And I'll give you an example. There's a lot of folks out there who are weather enthusiasts, and they think, for whatever reason, because they're weather hobbyists, that they can predict the weather. Now, granted, all of the tools that we use to predict the weather, they're all out there on the Internet, free for people to use. Um, but, but some of these tools and these weather models specifically, um, they can they can put out a lot of information or, or predictions that are just far from reality. So that's why it's important to have, uh, when you're getting your weather information, make sure it's from a trusted source uh, with weather experts who have been in the business for a long time, specifically, you know, the National Weather Service for one, or, you know, from your local media station, broadcast meteorologists, you know, uh, make sure that they're that they they are the experts in in, in their field and have degreed meteorologists. There, there's one person I think of that comes to my mind, who's just a just an average, you know, you know, public citizen who who is uh, a weather enthusiast and uh, has a following on Facebook, and they go out and they find these weather models that show the craziest things. And then they put this out there just so that they can get a lot of clicks, like clickbait, you know, and get people to follow them or maybe even pay for some service that they're offering. And, and I saw one such post uh, about about a week and a half ago. There was one one individual who, who who runs this one Facebook site that's always putting out these crazy, uh, out-of-the-ordinary forecasts. And, and about a week and a half ago, they were predicting there was going to be this major winter storm that could affect uh, the Carolinas, you know, and, and obviously that didn't happen. You know, that was about 10 days, 10 days ago. And they were talking about that for the days following uh, Thanksgiving and that just never happened. So, you know, it, the point is, is that if you look at the weather models, you're going to find one that shows some crazy solution. So, you know, so, so if you look hard enough, you'll find a model solution for just about anything. Make sure, the point is, is that make sure, uh, you know, when you see stuff floating on social media, make sure it comes from a reputable source. Uh, sure. Specifically when it comes to weather, make sure that the person who's telling you this is a known, you know, uh, degreed meteorologist that has a, a, a long background and reputable background in weather prediction. You know, Nick, I, one reason I brought that up is I, I've lived here in Raleigh for, well, since 1970, and I only lived 50 miles from here the rest of my life. I've, well, I've been away a little bit. I was in Winston for a while, but I have watched the, the local weather guys, and if I think about the local TV stations, for instance, one has got a guy who's been doing it about 30 years, and uh, the others uh, are in the 20s. And what I always kind of look for is the guy who can tell you where the ice freeze line is going to be, if you know what I mean. And uh, yeah, the, these and and so that I know personally, not from anything that that, that, that 
that they are, but rather what they have done, that this guy is going to get it right most of the time. And uh, and when we, uh, your folks have been on the radio with us a lot, and uh, uh, there are folks in your forecasting group who've been there, for you, you're 10 years, and you're, you're not the oldest one out there by any means, that is, who, who've been there the longest amount of time, but who are used to, to looking at the, the, the lines and, and uh well, it, it's, it's an art, and you're a little bit better prepared to deal with it. Before you start in on you know, sort of Monday, Tuesday, or Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, what? I think usually you have a highlight for each day, a particular thing, unless you've changed. Let's take a break, and when we come back, you can do that, and it'll make a nice, neat package. For instance, for people who are new to our particular part of the world and what they can expect and what kind of things they need to do, you know, whether they need to buy batteries or not, and those that sort of thing. Nick Petro, National Weather Service, will be talking about the weather some more after this. Uh, tomorrow night, Woody Seymour will be our guest, and we're going to talk about radio. We're going to talk about uh, the, the 50s and the 60s when the big jocks were on the uh, nighttime radio stations, and those of us who were far away, but could listen to AM, listen to what they call the 50,000-watt blowtorches, and one of the ones that uh, Woody listened to was WABC in New York and uh, Cousin Brucey, and we're going to particularly talk about that a little bit, but uh, I had my favorite, uh, and other people will have their favorites, but uh, that was before the sun, or when the sun goes down, that's when we get to listen to rock and roll before we had our local stations. Tonight we're talking about the weather, and we're heading toward... Uh, uh, talking with uh, Nick Petro about uh, the uh, particular things that are a part of winter weather uh, preparedness uh, that he'll be conveying to the media and broadcasting and trying to get out to the world next week. Nick, uh, what are you going to be doing Sunday to, to draw attention to uh, winter weather preparedness? Sure, yeah. So Sunday we start off with the outlook for this winter, which uh, we kind of uh, already went over uh, earlier in this show. Um, talking about how in the big picture, you know, the, the, the expectations for a warmer and drier winter, but you can never rule out this, uh, you know, a, a, a winter storm or a cold outbreak at some point during the season. Uh, Monday, we're going to talk about anatomy of winter storms and, and how storms form and the type of storms. Like, for example, um, we have, uh, like, coastal lows that can bring a mixture of precipitation uh, from, you know, rain near the coast to you know, ice in between and, and, and uh, snow in the mountains. We have uh, these uh, uh, split low-pressure systems that uh, one moves west of the mountains and one moves uh, to up the coast, and oftentimes those uh, produce big ice events. So we kind of set the stage of the uh, how uh, winter storms, you know, develop and affect our area. And then Tuesday we're going to talk about snow and ice preparedness. And the biggest thing with, uh, with snow and ice preparedness is building that storm kit and the supplies you would need to ride out a winter storm at home uh, and, and with the assumption that you might be stuck at home for, you know, uh, several days not being able to get out because of the bad weather and also not having power at the same time. So one of the things you always want to prepare for in the winter is not having power. And, and the best thing to do for that is to get a storm kit, build a storm kit. So, you know, you can go online to ready.gov, ready.gov. That's an easy website to remember. You don't even need to write that down. 
<laughs> ready.gov, and then you can uh, you can da- uh, print print off checklists of things that you could put in your storm kit, um, and things like you know um, water or batteries and flashlights, extra blankets. You know, think about this: if your power goes out, are you going to be able to heat your home? So you may want to have some extra blankets. And you know, speaking of heating your home, you know, a lot of people heat their homes with alternate heating sources or space heaters or maybe fireplaces in the wintertime. And, you know, there's an increase in the number of house fires during cold episodes because people that may use their um, space heaters improperly or, or their fireplaces improperly. So, so we have a section dedicated to, you know, protecting your home and making sure that you are not going to basically burn it down in a fire due to improper use of, of, uh, of space heaters and, um, and fireplaces. We also spend some time uh, during winter weather preparedness week talking about carbon monoxide. Again, going back to that idea that some people may use their fireplaces more or wood-burning stoves and, uh, and, and basically wanting to ensure that everybody knows how to properly use those things so, number one, they, they can reduce the risk of fires, but also reduce the risk for carbon monoxide poisoning as well. Make sure you have good smoke detectors uh, that are working with fresh batteries, good carbon monoxide detectors, again, with fresh batteries. These are all good things that you could do uh, during Winter Weather Preparedness Week to prepare for, um, for what could be, you know, uh, uh, we, we never know when it will happen, but at some point there's going to be a cold episode. Maybe a winter storm that, you know, takes out power and leaves us vulnerable for a couple days. So uh, those are always some good things to keep in mind uh, this week, and we'll be sharing information each and every day on how people can prepare, uh, as I just outlined. Let me mention things for your cupboard. A uh, 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 guy came by here, came to our house once to, to spray for some bugs, and he looked in our cupboard and he said, you got a lot of food in here, and it was canned food, of course, and we had a manual can opener. He said, but you folks here, he was from Texas, I think, and he said, you are always preparing either for a hurricane or for an ice storm, and it's pretty much the same stuff inside the cupboard that you need, uh, food that you can eat without having necessarily to heat it, you know, i.e. if the power is off, and uh, that kind of stuff. So that's a good thing to be ready for, and if you take any particular prescriptions or drugs that need to be refrigerated, mind how you deal with that. You know, make some preparations for that. Absolutely, yeah. So, you know, just, just the, the way I kind of think of it, the way I sort of set the stage is think about this uh, ice storm that may occur, a big winter storm that may occur that's going to leave me stuck at home for, you know, two, three, maybe four days, perhaps even without power. So right. What are you going to do? What are you going to need? Think about that. And, 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 and purchase those supplies ahead of time, build that storm kit so you know that you will be safe and be able to ride out the, the dangers of winter weather. Also, don't forget about your car, too. Make sure your car is winter-prepared for cold temperatures, obviously in addition to snow or maybe ice. But, uh, but put a storm kit in your, in your car as well in case you, you know, happen to get stranded or, or stuck in a quickly developing winter storm, maybe... You know, it's not unusual for storms to develop very quickly, and maybe, you know, you think you're going to make it home in time, but you don't, and you end up getting stuck. Make sure you have some blankets, some water, maybe a shovel. Make sure you have that snow brush out. This is the time of year when you will likely need that snow brush 
or that ice scraper, uh, maybe even just for frosty mornings. So, so get that ice scraper out, get that snow brush, throw it in the car, have it ready, uh, just so you, you're, you know, we don't need it today, we don't need it tomorrow, but you never know the rest of the winter season when you may need that ice scraper or snow brush. Nick Peter telling us uh, the official message. We've stolen the march because next week is the official week of winter weather preparedness, but he's here tonight to tell us about it. Nick, thank you for doing that. I I had one question that I had written down. Actually, I had several, but you've answered most of them tonight. But I have one more question, and and if we've got just about enough time to make a nice, neat package of it. And what I want to know is, in terms of the annual rainfall of Raleigh, which I believe is in the low 40s in terms of inches, how are we doing this year? Do we have a drought or not? Um, so far, we um, we are not technically considered to be in drought status. So I just checked the um, I just checked the um, uh, Climate Prediction Center and the uh, drought uh, outlook, and fortunately, we are not in a drought situation in terms of the rainfall. Yeah, so far uh, for for the year, we've uh, just under 50 inches of rain, which um, you know, which which uh, <laughs> believe it or not, we are nine inches above normal for the year, for the calendar year, and that's based on uh, measurements at Raleigh-Durham International Airport. So, you know, all in all, we're doing pretty good for rainfall here. Okay. Well, I want to thank you for being with us tonight, and we will look forward. Maybe we'll talk to you again before Christmas, or, or maybe not. If not, certainly around there somewhere we're going to be needing your assistance in understanding what's going on, and we will we will look forward to that and look forward to you having a, a good holiday and so you and your, your children and your and your missus there. So, uh, All right. Thank, thank you so much, Tom. Same to you. Thanks, Nick. Nick Petro of the National Weather Service, our voice uh, of authority. Uh, Nick is the person who sort of uh, coordinates with the media to stage things like winter weather preparedness. So he's sort of coming from the horse's mouth, so to speak, there. I'll remind you again, tomorrow night we're going to be talking about uh, AM jocks in the early days of rock and roll radio. Woody Seymour, who is a friend of ours, will be on to talk about that. And uh, Friday night, we'll have uh, Christmas movie trivia.